This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Don't lie to yourself. There's been a time in your fantasy football playing days when your player was playing against your real-life favorite NFL team, and you found yourself trying to figure out how your player can get another catch for 65 yards and a touchdown, but there's still enough time for your team to come back and win the game. Then you think to yourself, what am I doing? That's where this week's guest comes in, with a mission to put the word fan back in fantasy football. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the armchair gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time we stop with DeLorean, the date is January 1st, 2023. We're in Ford's Field parking lot in downtown Detroit, Michigan. We're here to watch the Chicago Bears take on my Detroit Lions. Our playoff hopes are still alive, baby. All we have to do is beat the Bears. Take down the pack next week, and oh, sure, we gotta have a few little other things fall our way. But it's cold, man. We're here in Michigan. But we're okay with it because the run we're on is nothing like we've been able to experience in uh, at least a couple years, you know what I mean? And we're tailgating, which equals some great food. And speaking of tailgating, that's a reference for this week's guest. And how about another reference? Imagine this. All the excitement. All we care about is checking to see if Justin Fields' injured leg will affect our fantasy football team, our hometown Detroit Lions, more. What's wrong with us? Are we seriously more interested in our fantasy football team winning than watching the Lions win the last home game of the year in front of our very own eyeballs? Pause. This is more of a what-if scenario. But I tell you what, even though I can't remember if Justin Fields had an actual injured leg of that last game, the 17 of the year, and that was the Fantasy Football Championship week. But it's something that goes on in every NFL parking lot, every game, to at least some degree. And although fantasy football has created a larger audience for the NFL, we've talked about this before. Specifically with Pod Vader, where fantasy football has essentially started to kill the loyalties and fandom for actual NFL teams where people are following their players more. And this week's guest saw the same thing. In fact, he had a revelation of his own. And he has a new app that he and his co-founder designed to hopefully maybe help put the word fan, as in fandom for your team, back into fantasy football. Blending the best of both worlds and possibly disrupting the fantasy football space in the future. This week's guest is Hans Kaiser. Just a regular dude like you and me. But he has a cool story about a product that he and his co-founder created. And on this week's episode, we'll let Hans share that story as well as how to start your own tailgate fantasy football league. But before we get into the episode, if you do like this show, please make sure you tell at least one of your friends about this or perhaps all of them, maybe even the people on the street that you don't even know. So we can continue to share these cool origin stories with as many people as possible. Shout out from the rooftops, the mountaintops, or better yet, Go to that speaker at the stadium, the loudspeaker, and make an announcement during halftime. Now, though, let's hop into this DeLorean, strap on your seatbelt, and get this baby up to 88 miles per hour to go back in time to learn about the fantasy football origin story of Hans Kaiser over at Tailgate Fantasy Sports. All right, so so the first thing is, okay, you kind of gave it away, maybe, but I don't know. I'm actually kind of curious how you're going to answer my first question. I I always like to first kind of figure out where your NFL loyalties would lie. I mean, being from New Mexico area, like, are you you a fan of that somewhat area, or are you like some kind of random team? I like to say that out in New Mexico, we're here in witness protection, right? There's... No pro teams around. The closest ones are uh, Phoenix, of course. You got Denver up north. You got a bunch in Texas. 
I don't like any of them. You know what I mean? Definitely not a Cowboys guy like most of the people in this area. If you're not a Cowboys fan, you're a Broncos fan usually, and no one likes Arizona, especially right now. They're terrible. Um, so actually growing up and still to this day, um, I'm a Jets fan. My, uh, my dad is a Giants fan, so whenever we'd play, I think it was NFL Quarterback Club 98 on the N64, he'd always pick the Giants, and I, you know, kind of wanted to copy him, but not exactly, so I'm like, oh, I'll be the Jets, and at the time, they had, like, Keyshawn Johnson, you know what I mean, like, Richie Anderson, just a bunch of, it was a mid-team at best, you know, but... That's kind of how I got into the Jets. Um, my mom is from upstate New York in uh, from Long Island. I, I guess that's not upstate, but, you know, she's from Long Island. So, um, yeah, I kind of took to the New York teams. Uh, Jets fan, Knicks. Uh, for baseball, I do like the Astros, though. So I guess geographically, that's like my closest rooting interest. You know, that's cool that you have that, like, the reason why being a Jets fan, too. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I was watching them, and they were, like, winning that NFC or the AFC championship that week, so I was going to pick them. You know, like, some guys, uh, a lot of times you get those, the the babies of their fathers grew up during the 70s, so they were either a Steelers or a Cowboys fan. But, like, you actually had a different reason for it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, my first exposure to the Jets was actually Keyshawn on a sit-down interview calling uh, Wayne Corbett, not a bum, but you know what I mean? He was like, oh, I'm the superstar and Wayne Corbett's a flashlight or whatever. That's like my first vivid memory of like the Jets and Keyshawn. And of course, he's still on TV. He knows how to, how to excite an audience. So he's always good for a good quote. And yeah, the Jets, man, it's been a wild ride. So that was back in probably 98, 99. So it's been you know, a good, good little run here of mediocrity and sprinkled in some little AFC championship runs and the rest has been, you know, bag over my head type thing. Well, you know, you're a Lions fan. <laughs> There's something to be said about the loyalty though. <laughs> right. I was about to say that to you, like, Hey, we're one in the same. I mean, sure. You've had a little bit more pinnacles uh, we're not really pinnacles but like closer to at least making some kind of headway but still the expectations that the big apple gets and then what they have and hey we'll see this year both of us in theory have a shot to have a pretty good run we'll see what happens there yeah i hope so high expectations i honestly was not in the camp in favor of bringing in rogers initially like I wasn't anti Rogers. I obviously appreciate the arm talent, the quarterback, but you know what I mean? He's just one of those guys who, unless you're rooting for him, you're pretty against him, you know? So I don't know. I just thought his cap hit he was going to completely blow up our team and we'd have to trade away all these picks and do all this restructuring. And turns out dude was willing to leave 35 million on the table. So showed that level of commitment and I'm all in for that. It seems we got to keep a lot of our pieces, even get rid of Denzel Mims. So it's a miracle that uh, anyone wanted him. <laughs> was that one of those shots fired kind of things? We need to log out and not have this conversation anymore about the Denzel Mims? Hey, you guys needed a deep threat. I'm just saying. You can have him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, I have no idea what's going to happen with him. I mean, we've got old busted Marvin Jones. I love him because he can sing like the wind, but we'll see what happens with him. And then if Jamison Williams comes back, but... To go back to Rodgers, like you said, like he's a dude. I mean, obviously a Lions fan, of course. You always like I'm obligated to say, man, I can't stand that dude. But as far as a football player, talent on the field, hands down, one of the better ones I've ever watched in my life. But at the same time, he's the guy that when he talks, um, I don't get political a whole lot, and I don't really like want to say one way or the other, but like Trump was one of those dudes that's like he's smart. He has a lot of good ideas, but like, just don't let him talk to people. Don't let him be in front of the camera sometimes. Cause people just are not going to gravitate towards him. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Zip it. Just zip it. Yeah. Honestly, he's kind of grown on me. I kind of respect the fact that he's like, Hey, I'm doing a darkness retreat. I'm going to trip balls out in the Mesa and ayahuasca or whatever and find myself. So like good for him. You know what I mean? He's like very new age, Kenny Stabler in that. Right. So I appreciate the the honesty of it, you know, the openness. He's not super buttoned up and corporate like most of the guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, that's not the part is, I mean, I do, I, I appreciate that too, because like the whole personal development, but the, I don't know why, it's just, maybe it's the face. You know, I think that's what it is. It's the face that he gives on camera, and that's more what it is that I'm not down with. It's true, man. Every time it pans to, he gives great face for, you know, TV crews in his helmet. He's always rolling his eyes, throwing up his hands. It's always someone else's fault. But when you got a special arm like that, I, it's fair to assume that it's probably someone else's fault. <laughs> 
Yeah, generally speaking, well, hey, either way, let's let's get into the the fantasy football portion of it. We could all sit back here and take shots all day long, but what about your first? Uh, kind of cool that you mentioned the '98. Uh, I forgot what video game you said it was. The quarterback club. The first fantasy football memory that you had of either playing or even hearing about it and watching somebody. Sure. So um, rewind, I guess it's like 2006, 2007. I'm in, uh, I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm working at this local uh, brew pub down the way. It's called O'Hare's. It's a little Irish joint. Great place. Um, You know, kind of small, not a dive by, by any means, but you know, close crew and everything. I'm just a a bus boy. I watch a lot of football. I talk a lot of trash thinking I just know the game a lot better than I actually do. Uh, so the bartender over there just invited me to join the uh, the work league over there, which I think was either 10 or 12. I mean, not a very big league or anything. I'm over here just talking trash, thinking I'm going to be just fine and win. I've never done fantasy before. So they knew I was good for the entry fee. So they basically invited me that way. Um, but I mean, Truth be told, man, I was terrible. I, uh, I'd never had done anything like that before. I, uh, loaded up on players that I, uh, liked, you know, from teams I didn't hate, not necessarily the best fantasy football performers. So I think if I recall right, my very first round selection was like Peyton Manning at number eight, which sounds great, but you know, at value drafting ADP, that's not a great pick first overall <laughs> as your first round pick. So then I, I get like Brandon Marshall, Tony Gonzalez, but like honestly, the team was just, no good. I didn't do any waiver claims, no trades, anything like that. I didn't even look at the scoring. So I was pretty bad early on. Um, I definitely donated to the pool. Uh, but after a while, you know, I improved my skills. A couple, uh, mostly one year went by. I took my lumps. I re-fell in love with it. I really fell in love with like researching and diving in and, and just reading the weekly player updates. I found it really fascinating and, and it drew me into being more of an NFL fan than actually just a Jets fan. Um, so yeah, I mean, I started, uh, I kept playing that league. I did that for a couple years until I quit there. Um, after a while I started our own league with a group, a group of about eight to 10, um, friends of mine. So, uh, there was that I was commissioner for a while, sprinkling in, uh, some DFS and actually that league is still in existence, but, um, it's in different iterations. Now a new commissioner is actually my best friend. His name is Sean. So, uh, he took over commissioning for me for about the past seven years, and it's been a great league. It's been the same 10 or 12 guys, usually like one or two guys kind of bounce in or out of the league depending on life events. But uh, yeah, that's basically my origin story, being a terrible manager into pivoting into a commissioner and now fully addicted. Yeah, I think I can relate to the – You br- there was a part in there in the middle where you said I – transition from being just basically a Jets fan to an NFL and falling in love with like kind of like the whole NFL landscape and I think fantasy football more than maybe anybody or I shouldn't say anybody but more than what the regular outsider looking in that doesn't know much about fantasy football realizes is I think it really enhanced the game and the viewership obviously there's a lot of downfalls too for certain things of being addicted to it but I think that really did help people understand more than just what's going on with their current team. Like right now, I know again, like the third string running back over in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that probably is never going to see the downs and that kind of thing. But then I get introduced to these different things and I, um, I don't know. I guess like, here's here's a question for you. I, I always like I got sidetracked there again, always talking about stuff that I love fo- fantasy football. You're going to get me talking all day long. But what about your favorite fantasy football? I don't know if I want to say moment or maybe a Mount Rushmore of like players, something like that. Like give, like what are some of your favorite experiences over the years? I love finding diamonds in the rough. So I don't know why, but I'm really good at identifying tight end talent. It's just one of these weird things. Like I'm not usually a Travis Kelsey owner. I just like scrape people off of waivers and it's one of those things. So back in 2012, 2013, kind of right, right when uh, the Broncos were humming, I've scooped up Julius Thomas for literally free 99, man. And he just went berserk that year. He was so great. So Julius Thomas, one of my goats, I love that guy. Uh, you know, there's a couple other players that I have affinity toward. Uh, I had Todd Gurley in his second year after he had a really terrible rookie season. So I got him on the discount that following year. Um, I had Le'Veon Bell before he was a Jet. So when he became a Jet, I was like, yeah, he's going to be great. Not so much. 
Um, I felt like it was probably four or five years in a row I had Matt Forte. He just kept falling into my lap. And uh, another player I really love is Lamar Jackson. I, I had him early on, despite everyone saying, oh, he can't pass. He can't do this. I'm like, well, he's great at fantasy, and I love the man. So <laughs> those are a few of my favorites. Okay, well, before we get into some of the – I got a question for you, but what about this year's tight end then? If you're the tight end uh, whisperer, who, who are you looking at as maybe a couple of them? So it's funny that I said I'm not usually a Kelsey owner because our uh, that main league that I was talking about, we just pivoted from like a total redraft into a keeper league. So uh, things didn't go as planned last year. I uh, – I was about four and nine, I would say, when I made this move right at the deadline. I traded like the farm for Travis Kelsey. I gave away Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, and Deontay Johnson. I literally just sold everything to obtain Travis Kelsey because we we transitioned to a keeper this year or last year. So he was a second round pick. He's only going to cost me a second round this year. So I just took him on. Um, You know, as far as like people I have my eye on, though. On the cheap, I still think people like Evan Ingram is going to be okay. Like the middle of the field is going to be wide open in Jacksonville when you have two speed demons on the outside. Someone's got to be that check down safety blanket for Trevor. Uh, Dalton Kincaid looks like he's going to be a baller. Uh, you know, Big Bob Tanya, they're, they're doing some good things down there in Chicago. So all the usual suspects, I'd say. Speaking of that, you know, I don't hear the name Big uh, Tanyan as much, and I always forget that he did go to Chicago, didn't he? What about the difference between him and with Komet? Have, have you been hearing things in camp? Um, Not so much. I mean, Komet's good. I don't really like ro- young rookie tight ends, though. They usually take a year or two to, like, I don't want to say get their man body, you know what I mean? But, you know, blocking full-grown professional D linemen versus, like, some college edge rusher is a totally different thing they usually get hurt and fade away pretty quickly so i tend to like the tight ends in that sweet spot year two three something like that and bob's a savvy vet you know he he just the best tight ends they're not really burners necessarily they just know how to get separation you know that's why a lot of basketball players make great tight ends just because they're they understand how to use their hips their butt just spacing like it's not always about blowing past people it's just about about finding space and getting open in that way having good catch radiuses all that stuff yeah i'm not really for sure where i'm gonna fall on it yet i did one draft the what is it called the scott fishbowl draft but it was like such a weird scoring format and i'm kind of trying to remember who the tight because it's tight end premium in that league too and i didn't get any of the big dogs i got like two of the kind of middling pack guys but I've been doing like the you know the best ball drafts and stuff like that, and I either do that I kind of try to get like the Kelsey Andrews where I'm like okay I'm punting off the bridge and I'm going for three guys that all have upside or something like that. But in my now that we're getting into drafting season, I have to kind of like look at well what, what what angle am I really approaching and where am I willing to how high am I willing to go with Kelsey how am I you know all that kind of stuff. But I don't know we'll we'll fall down as we go there. What um we're we're about uh geez you made a mistake what was it you uh, who who was it you said you you picked and you're like oh that would that didn't work out oh Le'Veon bell to the jets oh <laughs> yes coming off a year of uh just sitting out and smoking out with whoever he was in the car with the <laughs> garrett blunt that's right <laughs> here's what we're going to do now and in this little the um the the delay there again so i apologize but this time you get the delorean and not the Le'Veon bell one because we already talked it up but like you get one mulligan and you can go back and you can change one of your picks or trades or whatever it is back in your fantasy history Ooh, that's a great question i'm the king of just peppering people with trade offers too by the way so like my league mates probably hate me. They're getting a couple of notifications a day. You know what I mean? I'm giving them three for twos, two for ones. Like if I'm not scraping waivers, I'm sending some sort of weird trade offer. Um, I honestly probably Najee Harris is my one last year and he kind of turned it around late, but man, I drafted him in the first round and dude was running like he had a piano on his back for most of the season. The Steelers O-line was terrible. Like, I don't know what I was doing there. And, you know, he might have a bounce back season, but that's the one I would take back. If I could go back to just last season, I would not take Najee Harris. I think it was like ninth overall or something like that. 
Yeah, I remember I took the, I mean, just of recent measures when the, the whole Kareem Hunt news and CEH, I'm like, oh, now he's a first rounder. I bid on that one. I mean, you could go back in history. So many, of course, as, as we play it over and over, but um, let's 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 shift a little bit because the real reason why we have you on the show is because I want to talk about something that I found out about recently, Tailgate Fantasy Sports. So before we get into kind of like that origin and the um, timeline, I guess I want to give you the platform to be able to first say why or what is Tailgate Fantasy Sports? I appreciate that question more than you know. So tailgate is a it started as like a bro game honestly like it's a completely different take on fantasy i know we were saying how great it is that fantasy makes you a fan of the entire nfl versus a specific team um but at that at that point um i found myself becoming more addicted to my fantasy team and my waning rooting interest for the jets i mean the worse they got, the less I cared about them, you know, and being in New Mexico, they're not on my local news. I'd have to, you know, get the Sunday ticket to watch their games or I'm just watching red zone. And my fandom was actually starting to just kind of go by the wayside in lieu in favor of fantasy. Um, I found myself just like at the edge of my couch screaming for my fantasy performers. What really kind of flipped it for me though, I had Gronk one year as a tight end, and he's like score. He's actually playing the Jets, and I'm over here rooting for Gronkowski to score. I'm like, yeah, Gronkowski just got a touchdown. I'm like, what the hell am I doing, man? I'm over here rooting for the Patriots and Gronk. What what happened to my Jets fandom? So, tailgate. Um, what it is is a new game. We're in our third season. Uh, there's three simple rules. So you pick your favorite NFL team or any team. It doesn't have to necessarily be your favorite. You set a three man lineup using players from your favorite team only. And you have to rotate two players per week. That helps with the scoring parity. It allows you to kind of keep your favorite player locked into your lineup. And really, it's just a it's a secondary league. It's not meant to replace any of your uh, traditional leagues. It's so easy. I mean, there's no draft. There's no trading. There's nothing like that. It's really just a tool to help you get back to aligning your fantasy rooting interests with your real-life rooting interests. Um, this year, we just dropped player power-ups as well. So um, we have these little... They look like beer cans. They're different themes. Like one of them looks like it's on fire and you get 1.25 scoring for that player or whatever. Some of them are position specific, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a whole new take on fantasy. Um, We're just trying to get people to play and give us feedback and see if it'll take off and be something. So I, that part that the way that you described it, I kind of can appreciate because I think anybody that's an NFL fan, I'm sorry, a fantasy football fan and uh, initially diehard Lions, of course, I'm a lion. I'm saying Lions as I'm a Lions fan, but I can, I can, like, I can relate because as a Lions fan, again, we've talked about this earlier. We were a doormat for my entire life, basically. So I would be sitting there spending a lot of times as I'm watching the games, looking at the ticker at the bottom of the score, automatically um, looking at the stats and then adjusting how many fantasy points I have in my head, even during plays sometimes, or I'd be on my phone looking at my score, my players. But then of course, if I'm in eight leagues, I always have somebody going against my Detroit Lions. So of course it's that, I don't know, dichotomy. Do I root for the Lions? Do I root for the player? Well, if this guy scores enough points, but then the Lions still can score three more touchdowns, well, I'm good to go. I'm golden. So I could, to- I could totally relate. I could talk about that all day long. And I think this is a cool way to kind of like you said, get back to it. Um, let me see here. So where do I want to go with this next? Because I have a lot of follow-up questions that really popped in my head. The first one is we're going to get into the timeline, but okay. So, okay, here's, here's the first one. You said pick a team and then you kind of roll with it for the year. Like what if I'm a guy that says I'm a big Lions fan? And of course there's some players there, but instead maybe I'm just trying to think of a team that won't have a lot of play. I'm a Texans fan. And there's really not like, how is that going to help me? Like what's the difference between picking for my team that's loaded with fantasy stars, or maybe like I'm a Texans fan and I still want to have my team. Is there like some kind of, I don't know, grading curve there or something? Great question. So what we found, and this is only year three, so um, we found that it doesn't really matter who your team is. I mean, the Jets have been kind of mid for the past couple of years. I've been playing as them, obviously. My co-founder has been playing as the Niners, who has a lot more fantasy talent on offense. Uh, but we've built defense into our game, so you could do like IDP, basically. Um, and usually, 
it, it weights out pretty evenly. I mean, even though you may not have like the offensive firepower that you would think on the Texans, they got like great linebackers. They got like Christian Kirksey or something. And we like weighted the scoring to allow for anyone to be dominant if they're a dominant player, you know? Okay, you bring something good there. I didn't realize that it had the defensive capabilities and totally, um, uh, what's it called? Open book listener of the show. Like, I have not touched Tailgate Fantasy. This is like, I'm super new to this and I thought it was very intriguing. That's why I wanted to have Hans on the show to kind of share it with us so we can be able to kind of be introduced to this whole new concept. But like you said, individual IDP, does that include also like say team defenses or like how does this whole thing work? Yeah, great question. So you do have all of your positions, including a defense and special teams unit, as well as kicking. The only people that we have not been able to work into the game is offensive linemen. And it's not so much that we don't want to include them. I'd love to get scoring for like pancake blocks and, you know, how many passes <laughs> or, you know, sacks were avoided, so yards cleared or something like that. But the fantasy providers themselves who give you the stats, they just don't keep track of anything for them. So really the only unit that's not in the game itself is O-line. Um, anything else, though, I mean – you can play. So yeah, you got safeties. Like I said, usually even if you're on like a really bad team, that means the defense is on the field a lot. So you get points for tackles and you know, (laughs) when you're getting drubbed by 40 or whatever the case may be, there's still going to be people out there contributing to your fantasy team. And if you're a hardcore enough fan, you're going to know who those people are, right? That's a good point because I just go back to the whole London Fletcher days and he was on different teams where it seemed like he was always leading the league in tackles almost and I think a part of it was because he was on teams that were just he his offense like they were always down in the game so the team against them was running the ball right up the middle and he would just get a ton of tackles and everything but um what about okay now huh definitely to really make it so defense can be you know worth something um it's not like they're getting outscored by a bunch of points. You know what I mean? Your elite of the elite players are still going to be, you know, outscoring defenses for the most part. But if you're truly dominant, you're like a Fred Warner, you're an Aaron Donald or something, you're going to be one of the higher scorers on your team based on how we weighted everything. Okay. Well, that's that's a pretty cool concept. Let's or, um, peel back the curtain kind of moment. You mentioned earlier that what the fantasy stat providers give us. So, like, what's the nuts and bolts? How does the I don't know how does it get updated? Are you what kind of like how how does the person like I'm watching my fantasy football team or my my tailgate fantasy team and how how does the inner workings behind the scenes go? So we actually use fantasy data as our uh, stat provider. Basically, um, they just employ a bunch of people. I don't know where they're actually located, but you know they watch games, they plug it in in real time, and it feeds. That's basically the uh, the infrastructure for all the games. Um, I don't know if everyone uses fantasy data, but we certainly did. We th- thought they were the best, and they were on the come up for sure. So shout out to fantasy data. They're great. Barry over there, great guy. Love those guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's basically it. So you pay a, a premium for this API kind of instant update kind of thing. Um, you could also maybe do, um, they have like smaller subscriptions where you could just pay for like a hundred data calls or something like a month. But, you know, we didn't want to be uploading spreadsheets and reformatting stuff. So we just paid for that premium subscription and just automatically feeds. I'm definitely not the, uh, I'm the non-technical founder here. I mean, CEO, everything like that. I handle Twitter and all that stuff, but the real genius behind the scenes there, his name is Drew. He's excellent. So maybe we'll have to have him on the show later on down the road, but, um, Really, the part I think the fans are most interested in is just the fact that it's a different type of way to play. And like I see on here, leagues that you mentioned earlier, like kind of uh, you can move your 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 fan of, or I'm sorry, your your teams again. Is there ability for say I'm okay? I'm a Lions fan. I have a group of whatever five dudes from Michigan that all want to play and they want to be the Lions. Like, is there a way for them to still do that, or is it like you got to have separate teams? No, yeah, anybody can pick whatever team they want. One thing that was really important for us um, to build into the game is um, we do unlimited league size. So a lot of times leagues are capped at, you know, 12, 16 teams, even 20 if you're like playing super thin rosters. So anybody can select any team. We're eventually going to have a, a actual mode. We're, I, I'm thinking we're going to call it fair weather mode, but it's still kind of out there right now. That's to be determined uh, where you could switch your team weekly if you kind of want to do more of like a hardcore type challenge. 
Uh, but yeah, anyone can pick any team. No one's taken off the board after a team is selected. So in your example, if you got a, a group of five Lions fans together, you guys would actually be able to determine who the best Lions fan is, you know, who's the most hardcore Detroit guy. That's interesting concept because then it's a, uh... Man, I I really thought I like okay, I'm now I'm now you got my head turning and I'm spinning wheels and all that stuff. I'm thinking of different ways to be able to play with this app as far as like a fan and everything. Um What's okay. Here here's a here's a question. I'm I Oh, I was going to say this year we're really going after like a totally I don't want to say a different demographic. Um but we're we're hitting up sports bars. We really want like public leagues to become a thing, podcast leagues, listener leagues, um, influencer leagues on social media, like because it's unlimited league size, everyone has these different niche audiences, right? So I think it'd be cool to have all these different tribes kind of like competing against each other. Um, there's this thing that used to be out called QB one that was at that bar that I used to work at, um, O'Hare's. And basically there was this little led, it looked like a giant calculator thing, but you'd have to like predict the plays before Monday night football. So you would say, Hey, this is going to be a short pass to the middle. And you would just play while you're watching this game in real time. But the cool part about that concept was they'd have all these different establishments signed up for their program where they had these giant calculator looking things at their bar. And they would have a leaderboard like, hey, this is O'Hare's in Rio Rancho versus Buffalo Wild Wings in Cleveland or whatever. And like they would have a collective. And I think that's a cool way to go. Like we could hit up all these different sports bars, kind of, you know, get into all these different markets and then have like a whole here's the Jets leaderboard versus the New England Patriots leaderboard. And then you can have different leaders within that leaderboard. You know, here's the ultimate Jets fan and everyone else or whatever the case may be. That's pretty cool because that was going to be, well, I, you already answered one of my questions that we're in the DeLorean five years in the future. So that's your answer, but then you can always give me more. But I remember playing that too. So I could see that concept of, yeah, being able to do that differently than just picking the plays and everything. Um, a, it looks like everything is, it looks like on the site, unless I'm mistaken, it's like it's intended to be like a free to play kind of like beta mode type of thing. It is. Yeah. So it's totally free to sign up. Uh, it takes a couple seconds. It is two factor authentication. So please use a real email address at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, first and last name, email address, totally free to play. Eventually we might get into some of that pay to play mode. I don't want to say it'll be free forever. Um, but, you know, for the foreseeable future, it is going to be free. Um, there's not even ads on the system. We just want feedback. We're, we're looking to build something fun, not intrusive. Again, it's not something that's meant to take you away from your sleeper leagues, your Yahoo, your ESPN. It's, some, it's another layer on top of that. One thing I definitely know about fantasy players is you can never get enough fantasy, right? And especially with something that has that low of a barrier of entry, it just fits right in. Um, we built it... The dashboard is more of like a video game feel. So I, a lot of programs are out there. They, uh, they do a really good job of giving you plenty of stats, information, graphs, and all that. Ours, we want to be super easy to use. You're in and out of there. You get these different images, that type of stuff. It's so easy that my mom, who's never played fantasy football, my sister, they're all in there just playing. You know what I mean? My mom picked the Bills. She was dominating. She, I think she took like fourth or something overall last year. So literally anybody can play. It's a great entryway too for like kids who have never played fantasy football. So just getting into, hey, how does the scoring work? You know, things like that. Um, yeah, I would say ease of use is definitely something that we were after. Another thing that's cool about it, and I, I mean, now you got my – I got wild hair or whatever you want to call it, but it's neat. You mentioned earlier, so I, when I lived in Dallas, I had to get the NFL ticket just so I could watch my Lions, but then, of course, naturally, I'm watching Red Zone and all these other things. But with my fantasy teams, now that I'm back in Michigan and I don't have that ability, with Tailgate, I could pick the Lions. I literally could watch every play, and I could see my, all of my fantasy players right there, which is kind of a cool concept compared to like your traditional fantasy stuff. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if we could somehow obtain the rights to like streaming the games or even highlight clips and all that stuff. I mean, that would be the ultimate pipe dream. But, you know, right now it's just kind of you get the stats next day kind of a thing. You, you get your position updated on the leaderboard. So it still has a way to go. You know, we're still in beta mode, like you said. But as long as we're making progress, that's all that I'm after, frankly. We're, we're not going to be an immediate DraftKings overnight or underdog or something like that. But, you know, slow and steady progress. We're eventually going to get to where we want to be. 
Oh no! I, yeah, again, I think it's a really cool concept. I for myself, like I said, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna pick a Lions, and I'm gonna watch every play because that's what I'm gonna do regardless. And then, but now, all of my players that'll be in my pool for that team, I'm gonna be able to watch every snap of that player as opposed to like my other five, whatever, however many leagues I'm gonna be in this year. I'm not gonna watch most of the play because, especially in my home leagues, I rarely get the Lions because. I'm a smart drafter, and I'm not going to take them three rounds early, so I'll never get Sun God, or I won't get this year Jameer Gibbs. Like They just won't be on my teams except for my public leagues. Yeah, you might be able to get Jared Goff. A lot of people unjustfully, un, un, I don't know what the word is, but they, he catches a lot of heat, and he's pretty solid in my opinion. Yeah, well, in my home league, I mean, I probably won't because the dude, the one guy's nickname is Golf Balls. I mean, so we know where he's taking the dude, you know, he's going to pick him early. Yeah, he'll reach for him for sure. <laughs> but regardless of that, again, so like you, you like blew up, like I, I could take if I, if I printed this outline off, like I rip it up, we went totally different way than I expected. But it's, it's an interesting, super cool. I'm glad that we had this conversation. Um, You kind of gave me a little bit of the timeline, but let's go to that inception moment, the the time where the guys, Eureka, I'm in the bathtub and I'm running down the streets moment of when you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this app with whoever it was, your buddy, I forgot, and give me that, that boom, Eureka moment. Sure. So it's actually kind of a much longer story than that. Um, had a bachelor pad back in like 2010. So I was just living with my homeboys, you know, we loved inventing bro games. So we had a game called fan ball where we would turn the fan in the kitchen at the highest setting. We'd take a ping pong ball and throw it at the fan blade. And of course it would just get smacked and bounce across the room. So we would have to listen for the number of bounces that it would take. And for every bounce, you had to take a drink. So That's just one example of like bro games, Birio card, all these different things, right? So a couple of things that we did um, usually involved drafting, right? So uh, we were really addicted to NFL Street, Pokemon Stadium on the N64. So really the inceptions and I would say like the roots of the game came from drafting Pokemon in Pokemon Stadium and uh, putting together teams in NFL Street. We would hold these drafts, big old whiteboard in our living room. Whenever someone was drafted, they were taken off the board and we would do like six or eight of these things a night. You know what I mean? So after a while, we would, we invented a rule that says, hey, once someone was taken in the first draft, they're off the board. So the, the board gets thinner and thinner, right? Um, but NFL Street in particular, they had two game modes. They had quick game and pickup game. So quick game was you'd pick the Jets. You would then they'd have like 11 players on the team and you would have to start seven of them. Uh, the pickup game is like truly a wide open pool of everyone. So um, you could assemble Peyton Manning, Randy Moss, whatever. It's actually like true fantasy football. Um, so that's kind of like it was just kind of there. I can't say that that's where it was actually invented. Um, I've always wanted to be kind of self-employed and grow a business that I could really put my own imprint on. Um, I know that the future was kind of always web-based at the time. This was back in 2010. I, I saw um, SaaS um, and platform as a service businesses. They seemed like the way to go. Um, I was always listening to like business podcasts, interviews like this, where they would just interview entrepreneurs and and come up with you know their origin stories and how they got to be. And to this day, I'm still just constantly streaming podcasts. I mean, I listen to nothing but Colin. My my kids actually call him Uncle Colin Cowherd over here. So it's, it's sickening, actually, the amount of time I, I spend on these podcasts. <laughs> uh, but um, I say all that because I always knew like starting a business was one of my things. And one of the things that really resonated with me was this idea that your business is either going to be a vitamin or a painkiller. A vitamin is something that like you're you're over here, you take it for 20 years and it gives you five extra years of life or something. Whereas a painkiller is like, oh, I have this splitting migraine of a headache. Give me the Advil now, you know. So um, back then I was just like, you know. I love fantasy football. I can't get enough of this thing. Like, how can I get into this industry, this thing that I love so much and marry that with a pain point? Um, and, you know, you could say that what we're making is more of a vitamin. It's certainly not curing cancer or anything like that. But it is a problem. Like, waning fandom is kind of an issue with fantasy football. So um, I was like, that's my aha moment. Um, I started working at this company called Clock Shark, who does uh, digital time tracking. I'm still there, actually. That's where I work currently. 
Um, and they offered to uh, fly me out to where they're located in Chico, California. That's also where Aaron Rodgers <laughs> kind of grew up. So that's kind of funny how that all happened. Um, but I met my uh, co-founder out there in Chico. His name is Drew. Um, so I was just sitting there, just kind of scoping out the area, seeing if we ever wanted to move up there. They were offering to relocate me. So um, as soon as I got to meet Drew, though, um, it was a match made in heaven, frankly. I don't know how else to say it. I, uh, I know I said like Pokemon Stadium and NFL Street were some of my favorite games kind of growing up, but my all-time favorite is actually Super Smash Bros. on the N64. And uh, when I met Drew, I initially bonded with him over that. He's like, hey, what's your favorite video game? What's your favorite show? All this. And he's like, yeah, my favorite game is Super Smash Brothers, and I like watching these animes. And I was like, hey, these things are in my wheelhouse, too. I love this. So I was always looking for like a technical co-founder. I'm definitely not a coder or anything like that. But I basically hung around him at the office all day, just asking him questions about what he does for uh, dev work, um, his life experiences, what he thought of Chico, all that type of stuff. Um I ended up not moving out there to Chico, obviously. I'm still here in, in Albuquerque. Uh, but every now and then we'd go to like these remote trade shows. Um, we'd kind of be roommates. We were actually just kind of forced into these rooming situations for these trade shows. Um, funny story, we were actually in Lake Tahoe at one of these events and uh, just smoking out, having a good time and uh, security was called. So those are always the best nights when you bond with people like that. Uh, but that's a long backstory. Um, Kind of that all came together, though, into tailgate one day when I was just walking my dog. So I'm kind of religious. So I'm over here praying, just kind of thinking in my head about what I want to do to build my own business. Uh, Clock Shark is great. It's paying all the bills. It's doing all my thing. I've learned a lot and it's a startup. So I kind of got to see what it takes to build a company from two employees to 10 to 50 to 200. Um, and I was like, how come I can't do something on my own? Something that I really just want to do that I could just spend all day doing. And Finally, it just kind of hit me literally in a flash, man. I, I don't know what else to say. It just came in. It was an epiphany. I was just like, oh my God, we've been doing this game mode for so long. I could just do this for fantasy football. I envisioned like the Mario Kart player selection grid. And I was like, those are all Jets players. That's exactly what the app should look like. So drew up about a 30 page business plan. The next time I was up in Chico, I uh, surprised him with it. I was like, hey man, look this over. If you want to partner together, let's do it. Let's just kind of go in. That was in 2019. Um, so long story short, we got coffee. He's like, Hey, this is great. Let's do it. And that's the origin story of that. He's still, uh, building everything in the back end. He's awesome. And tailgate is where it is now. Dude, I, I'm not trying to get all sentimental, emotional on you, but that's the first time that I started getting a little tear in my eye on this uh, podcast. It's cool. Cause you had like this Going way back to the like, I could I could picture myself because I'm the same way. Listening to business podcasts all the time, I love those different kinds of ways of bonding and things like that. And then, of course, I want to do something with, you know, fantasy football. Of course, it was something that I really love, and it's just cool how all of that tied together. And you saw it in your head way back then, even though you didn't realize it. And then you met a guy that it just seemed perfect kind of, you know, here we go. Here's this marriage of let's start this thing. And now we're here. Well, now you've already reached the pinnacle. You're on fantasy football origin stories podcast. Like, you know, you could, you could sign off. You've, you've accomplished your mission as far as the business and everything, but, um, <laughs> either, either so, the highlight of my summer party. I told you when we hopped on that I was kind of listening to your archives. And when I heard that you were interviewing the goat, like Matthew Barry over here, I'm like, geez, I don't know what I'm going to do and talk about on this show. Like he's over here interviewing these industry experts, these Titans of fantasy. And here I am just some guy who's inventing some like random game, but it, don't sell yourself short because this is an amazing show. I love it. You do great stuff. <laughs> no, I appreciate that too. But I mean, hey, just even Matthew Barry, he was sitting there writing for Married with Children is just some random dude back in the day. And he didn't even know if he was going to get that gig. And then now, like you said, yes, he is the go to fantasy football industry. Just and in, you know, he is the major reason why we all actually got into fantasy football, probably. But no, I mean, where you're at, I think, is cool to have this starting point. Like, you're going to be probably telling the same story, and it was neat how you didn't even have to, like, like it's not like you pulled out a script and said, this is what it is. Like, you lived it. You breathed it. You have that passion for it. And when you go on these other podcasts and these other shows, keep talking about this. Like, it's going to be 
so cool to hear you telling this and other people asking you and then kind of buying into this whole thing. Um, man, I keep getting way sidetracked and I feel like I get on this whole soapbox when I talk to you more so than other guests. Uh, sorry about that. Um, let's see here. So I, I'm convinced as a listener of the show and I want to try this tailgate thing out. Let's walk the listener of the show through the process, how they go about securing their own team or league or however it may be on, on tailgate. Sure. So we actually have two websites. We have a front end marketing site, tailgatefantasysports.com. You could go there, watch an explainer video, check out our rules. We do um, kind of product announcements, stuff like that over there. The actual game is hosted at a different domain, tailgatefantasy.io. So if you really just want to jump right in, sign right up, go right to tailgatefantasy.io. There is a sign up button there. Um, it is two-factor authentication, so give us your name, your email address, get that confirmation email, do all that fun stuff. Then it's going to walk you through selecting your team, setting your first lineup, and uh, just be on the lookout for those power-ups because we drop you a, a power-up every week. There's um, 10 of them now, so you'll just get a random one every week. And uh, yeah, you can apply those to specific positions or, you know, in the case of like on fire or heating up, it can go to any player. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's so funny is... I I didn't fully understand the power up things or the the concept until you told me about the whole video game things about how then you get those random and you can apply them to different you know your characters or whatever in the games but yeah now now I get more so what you're saying about that yeah, and it's cool because we have one called Airmail, right? Which quarterbacks already score an obscene amount of points, but Airmail gives them the ability to score like 1.25 what they normally would. Um, we have one called Flypaper Hands where, you know, just picture these flypaper gloves attached to a receiver, but also a beer, a beer can, right? So they're, they're all drink inspired. We figured, you know, if we're going to cut our teeth in this industry, our, our tailgating brand is, is pretty solid. It, it resonates a lot with hardcore fans because – if you're tailgating, you're probably a season ticket holder or a hardcore fan of that team, right? So with that, we created a red solo cup stadium. We were like, okay, how can we make tailgating more of like a thing? And what's big in tailgating? Grilling and drinking. So we have a red solo cup stadium. And like I mentioned, we're trying to infiltrate the sports bar scene. So everything's drink inspired for those power ups there. So... <laughs> I mean, I again, I, I really like it. I don't want to get too far more into the weeds as far as some of that stuff because I could keep going on and on. I keep thinking of too many questions. W where can a listener to the show, they like your stuff again, remind them the website, and then also if they want to uh, connect with the brand, where would they go? Sure. So the main website, tailgatefantasysports.com. The game site is tailgatefantasy.io. And you the best place to interact with us is on Twitter. Our handle is uh, at TailgateFS, so Tailgate Foxtrot Sierra. Uh, yeah, there is a bunch of Tailgate names out there. I'd love to just get at Tailgate, but, you know, that's not Elon Musk over here. I can't just get at, at X or whatever. He paid for that. <laughs> okay, so here's something for you. I got, um, I got this DeLorean we talked about before, and moving into... I don't know, five to 10 years, whatever it is. Let's just call it the future. Let's like, what's something that you hope to either accomplish or maybe get into, or even something that maybe tailgate will try in the future. Ultimately we could, we see this as maybe a college fantasy football game too. Um, allegiances to colleges are actually much, much stronger than pro in a lot of cases. Tailgating as a scene is much bigger in college. There's a lot more, you know, venues and stuff to do that at. And frankly, college football, there's not a, a good solution out there right now. There's just too many teams, too many players to pick from. So like the NIL thing is kind of a weird angle with that at the moment. So I'm kind of waiting for the dust to settle on that front because we can't really afford to be sued or anything. But, you know, unlike pro sports where there's a, a precedent that was set for uh you know, public domain stats and all that stuff. The NIL is very specific. Like if you're using a name, an image of a player, or even their likeness, like you have to break them off. So it's kind of where we're at right now. We're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with all that. Yeah, no, that's, I understand. Uh, so with uh, this one, maybe it turns into a part two with your co-founder. I think that'd be cool to have a follow-up maybe down the road and you guys have like, you know, hey, this is where we're at and everything. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that down the road. But until then... Let's give the listener of the show last words of wisdom, but through the lens of someone that wants to start this year first with tailgate fantasy sports. So 
I mean, yeah, we'd love for anyone to sign up. Definitely hit us up on Twitter. Um, we're we're not really like a content company either. You know what I mean? We're not over here breaking off who you should start and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, on game day, we'll kind of jump into people's uh, conversations on Twitter. They'll be asking questions, hashtag, who do I start? We'll give them advice every now and then. So definitely hit us up on Twitter. We're very active there. We follow back. If anyone's interested in connecting with us, that's definitely the best place. Um, otherwise, we're just going to be out and about like, I went to the NFL draft, not this past draft, but the last one in Vegas. That was awesome. The only downside of the draft is it's in April. So <laughs> even though I'm shaking hands and handing out cards and all this stuff, like people don't remember that stuff five months down the line. You know what I mean? So I think our time is going to be better spent at the FF Expo probably next year. So hopefully we get to meet in person then, Arnie. That would be awesome. We could play that flag football tournament together. Perfect. So, I mean, I don't, I, uh, what about, okay. And I'll probably rephrase this. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this, but like, I want, I want last words of wisdom for the listener of the show that's deciding to start the app and what, like maybe a tip for what they should, or like some kind of tip for playing this year on tailgate fantasy. I see. So definitely use the power-ups. So there's going to be one dropped per week, right? You can't hold them from one week to the next. Eventually you will have some sort of a deck where you can have more than one, kind of pick and choose which ones you're going to apply, maybe even trade them. I don't, I'm not so sure how the, me- the mechanics of all that's going to work at this moment. Um, right now you get one free one per week. So make sure that whenever you check out your players, um, if there's a power up that's available to them, um, the best one, in my opinion, is actually called Robo Leg. We want to incentivize people to play their kickers, so they get three times scoring with that particular power up. So, uh, just really the power ups. It's not like fine print or anything. It, they look like Pokemon cards. So you'll see the image. You'll see a brief explanation. Um, play the power ups. We just dropped those. It's a totally unique twist on everything. So, as far as pearls of wisdom in tailgate, that's. That's what I'd have to offer. And don't sleep on defenses either. I know the offense gets all the attention in traditional fantasy football, but like we discussed earlier, uh, yeah, we weighted defense. So even if you're a bad team, you can really rack up some points that way. So there you go. There's a tip for listening to the show. Don't sleep on defense because I do miss my IDP league. I haven't been in one in a long time. But what I was actually earlier, I wanted to ask you the question about the cool names because it just makes me think of the different power ups and stuff, like maybe Madden or any other kind of sport, you know, like the thing. If a listener of the show wants to like kind of jump in and maybe give some ideas or like, hey, this would be a cool whatever power up name and this would be the power, even though you might not roll with it, like how would they go about doing that? Ooh, slide into our DMs. They're wide open. So definitely just hit us with a DM. Um, you know, we're even thinking of a sponsored uh, power up. So if you want to be, Arnie's superhuman arm, you know what I mean? Why not? Hit us up. We'll definitely consider it. There you go. Tailgate Fantasy Sports. Put the word fan back in fantasy football. But seriously, though, seems like a really neat way to go about playing fantasy football. And I'm not pulling the wool over your eyes or even the ears for that matter. I mean, I legit just heard about Tailgate when I was included in some kind of Twitter group thing or something like that. So I reached out to Hans and boom, learned about a cool new way to play fantasy football. So to learn more for yourself, head over to tailgatefantasysports.com. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Origin Stories. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please make sure to mash that little subscribe or follow button on your podcast player of choice then head over to the website for the show notes and more fantasy football origin stories. That's at fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.